Well, well, well. Welcome back to another week of the Dichotomy Diaries, everyone. It's been an intense week between a whirlwind of chaos at work and pulling truly scary hours with a super fun divorce. Your girl is spent. On the bright side, the podcast is, mm, let's just say it's in a very good place. Before we delve into the twisted depths of this episode, as my tradition, I want to offer you a short story. This story is one that has come full circle in a profound and almost magical manner this week. As many of you know, my upbringing was rooted in Roman Catholicism within a lively Chicago Italian family. Picture all the stereotypes you can conjure, and yes, they probably all apply. From baptism to communion, I completed all of my sacraments at St. Gertrude Church in Franklin Park, Illinois. Actually, some of you who might be listening, y'all were there. So shout out to you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. <laughs> Later, I moved to Huntley where my parents didn't insist on me pursuing confirmation. For those not familiar, confirmation is the sacrament where one is sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit, guiding them to practice Catholicism to the fullest. Fast forward. I get married in the church to my longtime boyfriend of seven years, and shortly after, we part ways. I decide to seek an annulment, from the church. After crafting an extensive narrative, gathering witness statements, and sending it off to the Vatican, boom, I'm granted an annulment. Grazie, Papa Francesco. Feeling spiritually supported, I decide at the ripe age of 22 to get confirmed. So what's needed? Night classes? Check. A sponsor? Check. And of course, a confirmation name. You might be wondering, what on earth is a confirmation name, Amanda? Well, I'm glad you asked. According to Catholic.org, it serves a dual purpose. A confirmation name serves as a reminder of our new responsibility as active members of the Catholic community and a tribute to a patron saint whose life we admire. Being the meticulous overthinker that I am, I delved deep into research for probably like two weeks and finally settled on St. Lucy. Hence, my confirmation name became Luciana, meaning light. St. Lucy, the patron saint of Sicily, holds significance for my family roots. She's also the patron saint of the blind and a symbol of light in the darkness of winter. Catholicism celebrates feast days for saints. Aunt St. Lucy's falls on December 13th, the winter solstice, the shortest, darkest day of the year. Again, you might be wondering, Amanda, why this crash course in Catholic ecclesiology? Well, here's the connection. In a recent conversation with Italian Batman, a frequent companion in my life these days, 
Shout out to you. We discussed our confirmation names, leading us down a Wikipedia rabbit hole exploring Dante Alighieri and the real life love story between him and his soulmate Beatrice that bled into the Divina Commedia, aka the Divine Comedy, which, if you don't know, is absolutely the best piece of literature ever written. It's made up of three parts, the Inferno, Purgatorio, and Paradiso. So, we're deep in this rabbit hole, right? Reading quotes and planning future tattoos and whatnot. And out of the corner of my eye, I catch a mention of St. Lucy. And I'm like, what? I read on. In Inferno, St. Lucy makes her first appearance as a messenger sent to Beatrice by the Virgin Mary to get Beatrice to send a protector, enter Virgil, to Dante's aid to give him the courage to start his journey through the nine circles of hell. Devastatingly romantic, huh? What a queen my St. Lucy is. In Purgatorio, St. Lucy carries Dante to the entrance of Purgatory and furthermore carries him out of literal and figurative darkness, leading him to salvation. Are we saying where this is going yet? In Paradiso, Dante proclaims St. Lucy as illuminating grace, mercy, and wait for it, justice. Here's where your head's going to explode, really. Y'all remember what day Dick chose as our wedding day? June 21st, summer solstice, the longest, brightest day of the year. Do you remember why? He said, because I lit up his life. Polar opposite of St. Lucy's feast day of winter solstice. These moments of revelation strengthen my belief in my mission and affirm that I'm on the right path. The choice of St. Lucy made by a 22-year-old me seems prescient considering the darkness life would throw my way. While I may not be the poster child for my faith, I recognize a blessing when I see one. So now that you've had your daily dose of Italian literature, ecclesiology, and Wikipedia adventures, let's dive back into my personal inferno. As always, I'm your host, Amanda Arnier, and this is The Dichotomy Diaries. Okay, so we last left off with my double disappointing February. Super fun. Heart-shaped donuts and last-minute efforts. So, like I do with everything that's disappointing, I just sweep it under the rug. That was the old Amanda. And we move on to just L-I-V-I-N. Living, man. One of the most profound moments 
I think following February um, was that again, like always, we are struggling with money, even though we really like shouldn't be at this point because I now have a job that I decided to get because I could tell things were not being handled as they said they would be. So I get this job. I think I was making like 80K. Work from home. I'm in training, but I'm getting paid. And he's working, right? So we should have ample funds. But here's the thing. I never got to see the funds that were being made from him after this point. It was like, okay, you're making money now. So send me half of the cell phone bill. Send me half of the car payment. Send me whatever, just half of the bills. He actually did say to me, he's like, you don't, he's like, I got the rent, but like, you cover this in full or you cover half of this. And actually I was paying, I think out of every paycheck, I was paying $600 for our like benefits, like our health insurance, which was astronomical, a lot of fucking money. Um, but like I was contributing a lot of money from my earnings so much so that I really like I didn't have the ability to save because I always felt like, well, do you have money? And he would say no. I'd be like, do you need money? Because now I have it, right? Now just give it to him. Fucking so stupid. But this is a theme. So finances are whatever. I don't I don't even know how to explain it at this point, but they're whatever. I don't know how they are. I know how mine are. I don't know how ours are. And like one day he leaves in the morning or something and I'm like on a training call and he comes back and he was like, he has his pamphlet with him and he's like, I found my new gym. And I'm like, you go like, like lifetime. Like it's like the, it's like the top notch lifetime. What do you, you need a new gym? What do you mean? And he's like, no, 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 babe, you don't understand. Like this place, this place is like the shit. Okay. How so? How so, Dick? Please tell me. And mind you, this place is the shit. Like Project Wellbeing in Las Vegas, Nevada is one of the coolest gyms I've ever been to in my entire life. Like state-of-the-art equipment, technology up the wazoo, and they have like a recovery room that has hyperbaric oxygen therapy chambers, red light saunas and red light beds, as well as like PEMF mats for grounding. I think they have like mineral baths, like they have all the shit and it's super, super cool. Very chill, not crowded. It's a good place. Here's the thing. When you just got your car repossessed like five months ago and you're a degenerate gambler paying $500 a month for one person for a gym membership 
is fucking reckless. But that's what he wanted. That's what he needed. He needed this. And I'm like, at this point, okay, I'm just going to tell you, I was done arguing. Like I'm done. Anything that has to do with money, whether it's gambling, whether it's buying clothes, buying this, buying that, it never was in my favor. Like, and I never fucking benefited from it, but he wouldn't listen to me if I said no. And I had like a rational explanation as to why the answer should be no. It was never a discussion. There was no middle ground. It was always like, nah, I'm going to ask, like pretend like I'm asking, but I'm really telling you. So whatever you say, I don't give a fuck. And you're just going to have to go with it. So I'm like, all right, cool. Do what you got to do. But I was like, I want a membership too. And he's like, well, I mean, it's $500. Yeah, no fucking shit. You just said that, bro. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, are you going to go? Yeah, of course I'm going to go. Okay, well, then I'll add you on next time when I go there. Wait, 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 wait. So you're saying that you actually already signed up? okay all right this is great so I think that I like went on their Instagram page and I'm like looking and again this place is like very exclusive it's you know top of the line like in the country not just in Las Vegas um a lot of the UFC fighters go and train there um NFL players NHL players there's just a lot of people um this was the reason why Dick wanted to go there. That's why. Famous people. Because he wanted to befriend famous people. He said this to me. I remember one day being there working out and I think I went in the hyperbaric chamber and it was like an hour session, which mind you, I'm not going to lie. If you have an opportunity to do hyperbaric oxygen therapy, 100% do it, especially if you have like ADHD or like anything with focus and attention. It clears your brain. It's fantastic. It's just time consuming. So if you're going to the gym and you're working out for an hour and then you go in there for now, you're two hours now at the gym out of your day. So it really has to be like done in the evening if you work full time, like, you know, and I, during this time I was like training for my new job. So I just remember coming out of the hyperbaric chamber and like seeing him talking to these guys that we would see like there you know every day or every other day and I was like all right babe like come on let's go like I gotta get back to work you know like I'm new at this job I can't lose this job but we had one car right so I'm like I'm gonna get in the car and I go out there and dude is talking for like another 30 to 45 minutes finally comes back out he gets in the car and I'm like dick like respect my time I have to be back on a call for work so oh, sorry 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 sure I'm like who are you talking to and he's like oh you know like Joe Schmo like that's my friend mm, I I don't think so I've never met him never seen you talk to him before oh yeah well he's an NFL player for this team mm, okay so you're pretending in your brain that he's your friend so that you feel like elevated in some way gotcha okay so that's the project well-being so this goes so five hundred dollars a month I think my the addition of me on was like 
400 so I think in total it was probably $900 a month our rent was like 2650 like so we're just shelling out the money you know like and we have credit card debt like there's a lot of things that need to get paid I had already tapped into two of my 401ks like is anyone going to pay me back for that I I don't know probably not so we're just again living we're playing tennis probably like if not every day every other day and again I have to highlight the fact that like tennis was my saving grace time like it was I could get my aggression out I was good at it I in fact like started to get better than him at it which I loved and we didn't have our phones in our hands so I felt like this was true like connection time for us we would play like sometimes during the day but mostly at night and there was lights and we had our machine so it was pretty cool um at this point I actually take over essentially like managing all of his content so meaning his OnlyFans you're able to direct message with your subscribers and then like the posting capabilities I never got access to like post to Twitter Instagram or Facebook strategically um but I would like write posts and put them in a document and then he would take that document copy and paste it onto whatever platform I wasn't allowed to see. But so I start, I take over the OnlyFans and I'm like, you need to be sending out messages daily. You need to be making posts daily. And because there's like a scheduling capability here, like it should be, we should have a month of stuff posted. So you don't even have to think about it. It's a machine. It has technology. Let it work for you. So I can see all of the messages from the beginning of this account and of course I look I don't see anything bad like all right so (laughs) you know in case you forgot I was told when we moved to Las Vegas that my job was to have no job that I was going to be essentially like the housewife do the dishes take care of the laundry clean the house okay so I'm doing that to the best of my ability given not being in the best mental headspace and then on top of that I get a job because I want to contribute and have some independence back and I'm I'm doing it like occasionally things would be done late or I would leave clothes you know folded on the bed and he would knock them off onto the floor whatever but for the most part I'm taking care of business and I'm putting stuff away I'm also getting yelled at because he can never find his stuff And I'm like, then put your own fucking clothes away. Like, I I don't know what you, like, you can't be too, like, you want to hack into my brain and figure out where I put them? I don't know. But I'm like getting yelled at, I can never find this, I can never find that, blah, blah, blah. So, I'm like, okay, I have this job. I'm like, but I don't have a hobby. I don't have a hobby. So, I remembered going out to that vintage store or like flea market kind of thing and I was like I need to just do this at least once a week like I love collecting books it's something that I've done in the past that I wanted to continue doing but it's like if you're gonna collect something you gotta have money and for me that went out the window because we didn't have any money 
So I think that I started maybe going there once a week just to kind of get out of the house and like clear my brain. And I would pick up a few things if I saw a book that was like relatively priced. Um, and so that, that, uh, that felt good to do that and have something that was my own. I had my job. I had my, my moments of peace, quiet. I don't know. It was like maybe recharging. So <laughs> I believe that I got a notification that our AT&T bill was overdue because I, so he had merged his account with mine and I was the official account holder. So I got all the notifications about the billing. I would get notifications that things were getting paid, but then I was also getting notifications like, you didn't pay your bill. I'm like, that's weird. I'm like, okay. And so I log in, even though like I wasn't the one that was paying these bills anymore. And I see that it's like two months behind. And so I don't freak out because this has happened before and why give it like I don't know the reaction that it should have, but I'm like, hey, what's going on? Like the cell phone bill needs to be paid. And he's like, I think that we should get like, we should probably get Verizon. And I'm like, okay, well, the cell phone bill still needs to be paid. That doesn't mean that we don't have to pay a fucking bill for two months. Like, and I think that our cell phone bill was pretty expensive. Like I think between just our two phones, I don't know. Oh, I had a watch on it too. And he had like an old iPad he had stolen. It was probably like $350. So he got like $700 of just back pay that needs to be paid. And he's like, oh, let's switch. I'm like, okay, so you'll pay that. I'll look into Verizon. Like if you'll pay that. Like, yeah. So I look into Verizon and I think that we both were going to send our old phones in because we were on like a next plan. And... We were both going to get new phones, like the new 13 Max, I think it was at that time. There was like a deal going on where I could get an iPad and it was all going to be like under $200, maybe like like a buck 75. So I'm like, that's pretty good savings. Like, I'm like, fuck it, you know, like whatever. He's like, fuck AT&T. And I'm like, dick, it's in my name. You have to pay it. Fuck them. I'm not paying. Fuck them. Blah, blah, blah. Like, it's always so angry at the company, but it's like, you used the devices. You signed the bill. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the responsibility is like, not, it's like not a thing. I don't understand it. So, that was interesting because I remember going to Verizon and having to get like he wanted to sign it up under our business so that we would start establishing credit with our business that we ran the content consulting and he was paid to for his adult content and I'm like okay however they're going to need to take someone's credit like as collateral they're not just gonna be like oh hey new business that has been around for a year let me just give you this line of credit it's not how it works um, so we sit there for like two hours and they're like, oh, sorry, we can't give me your social lady, give them my social. And they're like, eh, okay, we'll take it. Cool. So it was good enough to get a cell phone line of credit, I guess. Um, 
we started talking about goal setting um, and it was like one of those moments where I actually like caught him where he wasn't doing anything. And so he actually like, as we're sitting in bed together, we're coming up with goals together for the next year or for that we want to accomplish before the new year. And as you know, we're sitting there, he's writing them out. So mind you, these goals were like our family goals. And I think that we came up with five. The goals were discover card paid off. One. Two. Save 40000 for house. Fucking laughable. Three. Have baby while Amanda is 33. Again, 33 has always been the year that I wanted to make sure I started having children by. Number four, get Bulldog and St. Bernard. I, I probably heavily influenced that one. I'm not going to lie. Five, play doubles in a tournament and win tennis. So there was only five. And I remember very, very specifically that we came up with five and he was like, yeah, I'm done. And I'm like, we need more. There's a lot of things that we have to do. Like, what do you mean? And he's like, no, I'm done. Okay. He was writing these. All right. Remember that. So moving forward, you can tell that like something's going on with him because he's trying to spend more and more time away from me. Like he would go to the gym and he wouldn't be like, are you coming? He'd be like, he'd just leave and be like, I'll be back. And then be three hours later. And okay. He'd come back in a bad mood, which is like kind of rare to go to such a nice gym and spend that many hours and not have this like insane serotonin boost. So you come back and I was like, what's up? And I remember him being like, well, I lost this much money. I lost this much money. Hmm. Okay. Thanks for telling me. I'm like, it'll be okay. Like it'll turn around. Like I get my check next week. Like just stuff like that. So stupid. And I thought that like, I'm, I don't remember how this came to be, but maybe I, there was like an ad or something on Facebook or Instagram. And it was for like one of those like fake slot games, like cash tornado or something. And I was like, Hey, like, I've been playing this game and it's kind of fun and I feel like I feel like maybe sometimes you just gamble because you are bored if you're like sitting there on camera doing nothing all fucking day and like he didn't have any friends so like what was occupying his time watching Andrew Tate videos yes listening to like the opening scene of Batman for sure also ironic um like I'm like, just here, just play this game. Send it to him. Gets like free coins or whatever. He starts super hyper, hyper focusing on this fake slot game. But I notice that he's spending so much time on the fake slot game that I'm not hearing about losses. And I'm not like checking in on him if he's on cam. And I'm not seeing like the red face, like the fuck, I just lost a fuck ton of money. Amanda's going to be pissed face. So like, oh, maybe that was a good idea, you know? But then I see like to our business account, like Apple charging like 5 
$10.99. He's like fucking buying tokens in this free game. And I'm like, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. At least it's not thousands. Like that he's putting his degenerate addictive personality somewhere else. And it's like the least risk for me, you know? So I don't know. I felt like maybe that was a little bit of a win, but he also was like spending so much time playing the game that I'm like, I I was very resentful of him. Like, how do you play a game all day, sit on camera, literally jerk off for people, get paid? Like, and I'm like, I'm out here. I don't even have an office, but I have the real job. I have the real job. I have the two degrees, but I don't have a fucking office. I'm working in the middle of a, like the dining room of our apartment. It's just, it's absolutely insane. So I think that the end of this month, I saw that Chicago, the band was coming to Las Vegas. So Chicago is my dad's all-time favorite band. He was in a cover band where he sang and it's just always been kind of like the music that has connected me and my dad. Well, Chicago also happens to be Dick's mother's favorite band so me being me I was like hey Chicago's gonna be here I'm like they're real old I'm like I always wanted to see Chicago with my dad I'm like maybe we could invite our parents out and we could take them to the show and he's like yeah that'd be that'd be really great so we ended up reaching out to them they were like yeah we can come in okay so we're like we're gonna we'll, we'll just make like a night of it they'll maybe like my dad and my stepmom will come in they'll stay with us and we'll go dinner and we'll do the show it'll be a fun time so I think that we bought them I think that we bought the tickets and they, <laughs> they actually were in the very last row on the top and that's because he bought them I I I wanted to get good seats. Like maybe I'll never see them again. But he was like, I got it. I'll take care of it. At literally the last row. It was a small theater, but still. I'm excited either way. Um, And (laughs) I just, I'm excited for my dad to come out and see my apartment, like our home, because my dad had not seen any home that I had lived in with Dick. The last home that he saw me live in, it was, you know, back when I was single and living in Gilbert. So I just wanted him to like be there and see that I was quote unquote okay and that I had a life like and I was doing okay. As I'm working throughout the weeks, like I had mentioned before, because we had a shared Gmail account and he was always logged into that on our work I guess Mac desktop you could see like what tabs are open you could see the search history from my computer I could literally see in real time like what he was searching and what tabs he had open and so I start seeing like it say like chatterbait and then like a girl's name and I'm like is this guy like is he like watching other creators interesting so I'd like look at his camera and I'd be like he doesn't he like he's not in a show you can tell like if he's in a show and someone's paying him because it will say like private or blocked or pay or something so now 
he's just like watching women on cam or watching like x videos porn and just like jerking off just because in the office with the door closed and so this got me on like high alert because I'm like this is crazy like I'm out here like I work from home I'm in sweats I'm your wife why wouldn't you just come out here so I think that I started to like make advances where like I would send him a text and be like hey do you have time for a quickie and he'd be like yeah in a bit and kind of like he would like turn me down but yet I would see like him watching porn and I'm like what the fuck and then I start seeing him looking at like girls like that he didn't know like their Facebook pages and I can see this was the crazy thing I could see like if it said in the tab Facebook message like that he had messages open and I could see when someone sent a message the tab would be like Facebook message Michelle sent you a message I don't know Michelle who doesn't say last name I can't see the message all I know is he's messaging with someone named Michelle well don't fucking give me that task as an overthinker you know what I'm saying like how many Facebook friends could he have how many Michelle's could be in there I could fucking find the one if I needed to but I don't think that I spent that much time looking into that I just again would commit the name to memory or a note in my phone for later use so I'm pretty sure that at this time my dad maybe had called my grandpa was going to be 90 back in Illinois and my dad had either called or texted and you know we were talking and Dick was like oh well grandpa's turning 90 like we got to be there like that's a big deal so he's like I'll buy the flights I'll buy the flights like coming in as a savior my dad's like okay that'll be great that'll be great you know stay with your mom for a day stay with me for a day whatever and so I think around the 3rd of March we flew into Illinois for my grandpa's 90th where we all got together with my dad's side of the family we stay with my mom we go to this dinner with all of the family and this is like my aunt my uncle my cousins um you know family friends there's not that many people there but a decent amount um he's dick is not being overly social I think he talked with my uncle for a little while um he's being nice to my grandpa my grandpa like really liked him because he was I remember like dick and my dad and my grandpa singing together and you know my grandpa's 90 years old and he remembered dick's name so he really you can tell that he liked him a lot and and that made me happy um I'm pretty sure that again because we were in Illinois and he can't use like the betting apps in Las Vegas he's like on full-blown like sports betting mode because he can go on DraftKings or he can go on FanDuel he can do like all the ones he can't do and I'm pretty positive that we had booked a one-way flight in with the expectation that we would, you know, find a cheap flight to figure out when we wanted to come home. I was working from home, so it didn't really matter where I was. Well, he loses a lot. And we have to buy a flight home because my dogs, our dogs, are at home and I have a sitter that I'm paying like per day to watch them. And I don't think that the sitter could watch them any further days. And so I'm like, hey, like, we got to go home. And 
So well, what do you want me to do? The flight back home for the two of us is like $800. And I'm like, I did not suggest that we are we even come here. I know we don't have the money to be traveling just fucking willy-nilly just because. And he's like, I didn't want to come here. You know, this was your idea. I just went along with it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, how do you like completely change the fact of what happens in your mind so much so that like the conviction that he would give me when he would yell at me, it was so crazy. So... I think it ended up being like $800, you know, for two flights back, which it sucks. But again, like you're making the bed, dude. Now you got to sleep in it. If you want to ball out, fucking ball out, but don't complain about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so moving on, um, as has happened in the past, he starts spending more and more time at the gym. And I know you're like, oh, how much longer can you spend at the gym? Like three hours a long fucking time. Sometimes I swear to God he would be there for five hours. Like, what are you doing? So if he's there for five hours, right? Like he's not working that much. When he does come home, he goes directly into the office and starts working. And then maybe like, so say he would leave at like nine o'clock and he'd be gone like until two or something maybe come home eat something or you have me make him food and then he'd be in the office on cam from like three to seven three to eight so like he wasn't really around me that much and it's it's pissing me off like a lot so I think back to that paired app that we had because I'm feeling like something's going wrong again and we're disconnected and we're not having like real important conversations again I feel like there is no set plan for us and that doesn't feel good to me because I know what I want our future to look like but I don't know if he shares the same view because it can change like at any time, you know what I mean? And so I just needed reassurance as I normally do, like that we're on the same page, just little check-ins. So we started to use the paired app again, and I just have a few of, you know, examples here. So let's see, this was March 8th. If money were no object, what would your dream job be? I said, barn animal and giant dog rescue haven. Dick said, professional athlete would be my dream job anyway because I love playing sports and being active. Okay. Next one. What food have you never eaten that you'd love to try together? And I'm like, hmm. I always wanted to do like our family tradition on my dad's side of making homemade raviolis and whatever. He goes, um, I feel like if I wanted to try it, I would. I don't know. Okay. Thanks for the effort. A for effort, Dick. Where do you dream of going on vacation together? My answer, Italy for our honeymoon, Sicily beaches, wandering the streets of Florence, red wine buzzed. 
he didn't answer that one. He actually didn't answer a bunch of them. Oh, here's one. What do you admire most about your partner? God, it makes me want to throw up reading my answers. I put your drive, your financial optimism, your superpower to never be anxious. You know why he was never anxious? Because he doesn't give a fuck about anything. How could you be anxious if you don't care? Actions don't have repercussions in his life, you know? His answer was your perspicacity. If you don't know the definition of perspicacity, it's basically penetrating discernment, the quality of having a ready insight into things, vision or intellect which provides a deep understanding and insight. He actually never did miss an opportunity to tell me that like I was the smartest person that he ever dated, which now that I know the girls, I'm like you're fucking wrong like we're all tens on that level like tens but like if you know opportunity to put other people down and and you know boost my ego he took that I'm trying to see if there's any other good ones what do you like to do right after sex me cuddle and be cute until we fall asleep him fall asleep What's the most fun you've ever had with your partner? I said, EDC with Matt. Aside from that, his friends don't really care to see me or not. LOL, it's all good. I'm too fun for them, I think. They're intimidated. LMFAO. God, that's so sad. He said, um, not a lot to work with there. No fucking shit, dude. When it comes to arguments, how do you feel about hugging it out? Me. Hugging you makes everything better. Squeezing you, smelling you, literally could cure cancer. I'm pretty sure. Him. LOL. Senseless is my initial reaction, but it's good to be able to do that. So, like, you can tell that, like, I'm really trying. I want to talk. I want to know what's going on in his brain. And he's just like, meh. Okay, LOL, fucking sending the blind guy emoji, making jokes. Like, it's not funny to me, you know? Like, I, this was my life, and I'm trying to do everything I possibly can to make sure that it's going in the right direction because it's fucking tanked so many times, and it's just a joke. So, um, at this point, I think it's another good moment to just reiterate that Dick is paying the bills. He's responsible for paying the rent, which he told me I did not need to contribute as long as I took care of the home. Also, I'm working. He's paying the car insurance. He's paying the cell phone. I'm trying to think. Probably paying the credit card bills. Um, and, and he says he's got that. And so as, as each new month, as we enter into each new month of, you know, this year of 2023, I'm asking him, like, rent's paid, right? Yeah. Before we go and do anything, spend any money, buy tickets for Chicago concerts, like, rent's paid, right? Yes. Okay. 
even sometimes without me asking, there would be like an exclamation of, oh, rent's paid, you know, got that, you know, big deposit and half of it's gone. But at least I felt like, okay, he's doing what he said he's doing. We're not behind, like, there's this sense of maybe safety or comfort that I hadn't felt in such a long time. And even though that, like, that shouldn't feel like comfort, that should feel like the baseline fucking bare minimum that your bills are getting paid. I was like, it's more than he was doing. And so that means it's progress. And that means like, we're doing better. So my dad comes to town with my stepmom and his mom and stepdad come to town. My parents stay with us in the guest room, which meant that that was the office, which meant that he had to take like his whole like studio setup and put it in our bedroom, um, which is weird because there was like no room in there. But it was nice to have my dad around because he was like fixing all the stuff in the house. You know, like I, I know for certain he saw the hole in the door and he was like, hmm, you know, like even my stepmom was like, that's interesting. Okay. All right. Um, he like hung the TV on the wall, put things up with like brackets that would hold them in place and make sure nothing would fall down. Um, we just had like a lot of like father daughter time, which I thought was excellent. Like there was some time when we would be fixing something together. Cause this is like something I really like to do. My dad really taught me to be very like hands-on. Um, and he'd be like, well like go grab that wrench and I'm like I don't have a wrench dad he's like what the fuck do you mean you don't have a wrench so we'd go to Home Depot and he'd like buy me a slew of like tools and he's like well now you have wrenches now you have pliers you know like that was pretty cool Dick on the other hand is sitting in our bedroom now his makeshift studio with the door closed camming not being social not like sitting out in the living room with like my parents and talking and like I'm actually like working and sitting there and talking with them we were watching like Joe Rogan and like just podcasts whatever we were doing just sitting there because the weather was kind of shit so definitely being antisocial and I definitely know that my dad and my stepmom um noticed and they were like well that's kind of weird because normally when he was in their home he was overly social His mom and his stepdad came before we went to dinner and the concert to see our home and they had never met our dogs. So that was cool. I think that I had like the house decorated nice. I think that it was decorated for maybe starting to be Easter. Like I love Easter so I was putting up decorations early and um I think the house just looked like really good. It was really cleaned. I made sure that I cleaned the fuck out of it before his mom got there because I just always wanted to impress her because she had such a beautiful home. And like I wanted her to know that like her son was living in a home that was up to like her standards, I guess. So we went to dinner with all of them. I think maybe we went to Maggiano's, which was good. Um, And then we went to Chicago And even though they were, you know, the last row, it was so fun. You guys, like, these guys are like 70 plus years old, rocking out, playing for like two and a half hours, 
here's my dad sitting next to me and he's belting out songs like he's fucking 25 again. And then I got my mother-in-law on my left side belting out songs and her husband, it was just, it was a really good moment. And I felt like very close to everyone. Um, it was a, it was a good family moment. And I know that our parents actually connected too, which was cool. So before my dad and my stepmom left, I think the last day we actually all went and played tennis together, all four of us. And that was cool. Um, you know, my dad running around kind of like an idiot. <laughs> he has bad knees, but he like got on the court and he was playing. So that was fun. And then they went home. Following the parent visit, I remember seeing the whiteboard that we had our goals on. It was actually like taken off the wall and I was like what the fuck is going on you know like where's the goal board and he's like I took it down those goals are stupid and like you literally wrote them what are you talking about (laughs) I'm not kidding you guys it's actually so crazy and he's like we need to make new goals okay like that's what I wanted I wanted to sit down and like do it for real like the last time but you like cut it off at five he's like all right let's do it right now so these are our new family goals mind you there were five before go to u.s open in new york buy one acre minimum with tennis court have two babies get sectional and love sack Spend all of June in Italy with the dogs. (laughs) Cook dinner together one time per week. Alternate planning date night on Saturdays. See a therapist together and alone weekly. Kiss first and last thing every day. Go to one sporting event per month minimum. Go to South Florida and Keys. Visit Napa Valley and Oregon Wine Trail in July. Go to Vegas F1 race in November. Go camping quarterly. Get artist passes for EDC. Get blood work and fertility test by March 31st, 2023. Raw feed dogs. Donate one day per month to animal shelter or rescue together. God, these were so fucking delusional. It's so crazy. Oh my God. Upgrade car to Mercedes SUV by 623, which would be his 30th birthday. Spend one hour per day together without phones or work distractions. Pay off discover card. The total here, $12,998.08. The limit was (laughs) $13,000. Practice tennis four times a week. Work out four to five times per week. Save $20,000 to move back to Arizona. Make sound financial choices and be less impulsive. Embrace 
and speak each other's love language daily. And it says here, Amanda, acts of service and receiving gifts. Dick, quality time, physical touch. At the bottom, it says, choose and respect each other every day consciously. Now, I don't know what the time frame was to meet these goals. I know that I for sure wanted to start having children when I was 33, which is coming up super quick and also not going to happen. But I'm okay with that because like mama is in her prime, okay? But if any normal person (laughs) will take a look at this and add up just like the go-to goals, like go to US Open, go to South Florida, go to the Keys, go to Formula One, artist passes, like all this stuff. How the fuck would it be possible to upgrade to a Mercedes SUV and save $20,000? Like, did you auto, like, are you like, did someone men in black flash you so that you don't gamble anymore? Like, I don't, I don't understand what's going on. These were just like pipe dreams. And, um, (laughs) yeah, we actually wrote them down on like little hearts, actually. I think they might be around here somewhere. I wanted to throw all of them away, but they keep, I keep finding like one in like my underwear drawer and I'm like, I pick it up and it's like, have two babies. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, these fucking hearts, dude, these stupid goals. Anyways, (laughs) little vent session there. Um, My phone starts blowing up from debt collectors again. Now, when I got, when we moved over to Verizon, I didn't change my number. I've had the same phone number for as long as I can remember. But they're all calling me because everything's in my name. First, at least. Everything is either only in my name or my name is first, his name is second as a signer. So my car payments are falling behind and I'm like how like we have one car payment now like yes it was relatively high because like at the time that I decided to buy out my lease like my credit wasn't good my credit's not good at the current moment either but like I feel like there's definitely enough money to be paying the car payment and if if he said that he's in charge of it and he doesn't have the money certainly he would ask me because I have a job and I need to make sure my car payment gets paid because we only have one left because you got yours repossessed right like it's wild also around this time starts getting like things start getting like very like fishy with payments to him so dick has been banned from paypal and I think that this has been like for 10 years but because he was doing like illegal activities like escorting and stuff like that and using paypal he anything that like has his name on it like immediately gets shut down so if he wanted to get paid via paypal he would send somebody like my email address and they would send me money and i'm like i don't like this because like this puts me on the hook and like i don't want to get kicked off paypal because obviously that would be horrible um People are, like, paying him for stuff, like, custom videos. Like, there was an option, I think, on the website where people could order, like, a two-minute, six-minute, ten-minute video 
and they would ask him like do this in the video do this blah 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 and then they would pay and there would be a turnaround time depending on the time length and then he's supposed to deliver well he was not delivering on these purchases and so people are like dinging my paypal like requesting money back like talking to paypal support like they never sent me this blah 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 and i'm just like what's going on because like the phone calls are coming in i'm getting like 11 missed calls a day are you paying the bills like what's going on with the rent like he's like we're behind one month and i'm like but you said like and he's like yeah well whatever just focus on making money and like just stop nagging me (laughs) i'm like okay he always used to say to me when I would be concerned about finances or like ask questions pertaining to like where things were at with money, um, he would be like, you know, when I was on house arrest, Amanda, I messaged a hundred people every day on my Facebook list so much so that they disabled my messaging. And you know what I would say to them? I would say, hey, I have a fitness program for $10. And 100 people would buy it from me. Do you know how much that is, Amanda? That's $1,000. You could message 100 people a day, can't you? And I'm like, um, yeah, but like, what am I selling them? I'm not gonna like send that, like sell them fitness programs. I'm not, I'm not a fitness person. You can think of something. Oh, wait. So now I'm gonna think of a product to sell a bunch of people in between all the time that I have with my full-time fucking job that is like associate level not like entry level it's like I I do work okay making your meals doing all of our laundry cleaning the house taking the dogs out and managing you know I I forgot even like I was managing I think maybe like one or two clients with our adult content creation stuff and scheduling out posts for his OnlyFans writing him content like hey take this kind of picture do this like basically managing him too yeah let me just let me just drum up something you know and then find the time to message 100 people so <laughs> that's just always funny to me because he always like put me down like I wasn't doing anything constantly when I was fucking doing the absolute most and he would sit in the office like if the door was closed it was like assumed that he was really really hard at work and I'm like bro sitting on camera like picking at your chest acne like because no one's paying you 50 cents to flex your right bicep isn't hard work okay like nothing so again I can see that he's like talking to girl like in the tabs and in the history he's talking to girls on Twitter and on Facebook um I see that he like started to look up like different cars to purchase like he was like on Carvana like putting a car like invoice together and I was like first of all Carvana is who took your car they're never gonna let you buy one from them ever again but also like are you looking for a car because you want to escape again this is how my brain works 
This is how your brain will work when you've been perpetually abandoned over and over again, financially abused, emotionally abused, all the things like you're constantly waiting for the next shoe to drop and that's just what life is. So I remember going into, I think it was like X Hamster because he also cams on there. Um, And I think that I was like updating the bio or something or like adding pictures and there was some messages and there was like he was actively like asking complete strangers on x hamster that maybe had paid him tokens or something like hey can i come out and visit you in california hmm okay that's interesting dick so again just to remind you right like my health insurance was being taken out but it hadn't yet kicked in now it's kicked in it's 650 or so bucks a month out of my paycheck and I remember him being like we don't need that we don't need that well we both got fucking sick like really sick so it was me first I got sick and I was like I don't know I think I had like 103 degree fever for like four days super nauseous like couldn't eat could not get out of bed I took off work and he's like, basically is like you're overreacting. Like I was up all night when I get a fever. I know I'm not supposed to, but like I'm so fucking cold that I have to like take a hot bath to like warm up and feel like okay because otherwise my bones are creaking and I'm miserable. So I'm like taking care of myself <laughs> and then he gets sick and he gets sick and he actually is throwing up. And he's like up all night, face in the toilet. And he's like, I got to go to the emergency room. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm still sick, but I'm not being a pussy about it because I'm on day four. And like now I'm living with the pain kind of, you know, that's my MO. And we both go to the emergency room. I think that they gave me like a shot in my arm, swear to God. And they like COVID tested us and it was negative. And... I don't remember I think maybe something was elevated with him but I he was just really dehydrated so they gave him some fluid and then whatever this shot was and it ended up being seven thousand dollars for each of us and I'm like bro this is so crazy um I think around this time I started thinking of like being proactive as far as finances were going and I was like okay we have this business like I want to make sure that at least in this year like it's March now that we get like quarterly stuff put together so that when we file our taxes like we're doing it on time for the business um and I I do all of that and I put it together but it was for the last year because we were behind because there was a lot of shit going on last year of course we're gonna fall behind and we were we were due to like we filed jointly and we were due to get like a pretty big refund which I was happy about because I had filled out the taxes and I knew that that money would come directly to me so there wasn't an opportunity for him to like get to it gamble it whatever I take the next paycheck after I had done our taxes that I got and being in this proactive financial 
headspace for me because I was like, at this point, I don't know what he's doing, but I know that if I do positive things for us, that it can only be positive, you know? So I took the next paycheck that I got and I basically paid all of it towards the Discover card. So I think it was somewhere around like $2,000 or $2,500. Okay, so I pay that. Then Dick starts talking about like, well, I see that you're making a payment. Like, that's really good. Like, we should think of other ways that, you know, the interest is really high. Like, what if, like, like, do you think that your mom would help us out with a credit card and then we could pay her back? So he gets on the phone with my mom and starts like convincing her that she should pay like large lump sums, like $2,500 at a time to the credit card. And then we would make small payments to her and we would save the interest because the interest on that card was astronomically high. I don't even know what it was. It was like probably 20 something percent. So I had just made, let's say, $2,500 payment on the card. Then my mom made a $2,500 payment on the card. And now we have, there's available credit. Well, what does he decide to do? He decides to say, well, we need a new TV. We need a robot vacuum. We need to shop at Costco now. And I'm like, if you're putting stuff on the card, you need to pay it like the next day. Not like, don't let it run out a month. Like, no, because we have to pay my mother. And I just spent $2,000 on the card. Like it's, you know, so I think that he really like, he really like took the card and really just like brought it all the way back up to where it was. Maybe it was at like 11,000 and not 12,9, but that was really crazy. Um, He also missed the first payment to my mom. And that put me in a really bad place because then my mom was coming to me like, what the fuck? And you need to pay me. And I'm like, I paid the money to the card. And she's like, well, what? where's my money? And now I'm having like weird small arguments with my mom. And then she starts to think that something's going wrong. And she's asking me. And I'm like, I don't know because truly I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a fucked up time. I, and like the robot vacuum he wouldn't even set up. Like, dude, I had to like. I had to set up the TV. I had to hang the TV on the brackets that my dad put on the wall. Like, I did everything. He just loved the act of shopping and feeling like he had more. So, trying to think. What did we do? Was there any fun during this time? Um, We went to, like, a vintage market. There was, like, a, maybe it was called, like, Junk in the Trunk or something like that. And I was like, can we go to this together? Like, hey, I want to pick the Saturday date day, you know? Like, trying to be like this was your idea but like let's do something that I'm planning it was like pulling teeth to get him there but then we ended up going there and he ended up getting more stuff than me like I think I got one vintage hat he ended up getting like two suit coats vintage like vintage cufflinks like all this shit and I'm like oh this was horrible for you right at some point I noticed that he had removed more photos of me from his Instagram so like little by little he's taking some photos off and because 
majority of the photos are just of him. Like it's pretty easy for me to know out of the five in the past two and a half years if one is gone, if now three is gone. So I question it. Huge, huge, huge fucking fight. Huge. So he had punched a hole in the door to like the washer and dryer before. Okay. Well, now during this fight, he punched a hole in the door to the office. So there was a hole clear through. Like, so if he wanted to close it to work in there, like he didn't have no privacy. Like I could see right through. (laughs) He made me so angry during this time when he punched that hole. Because I think before he got up to do it, I was like, do not break anything. Do not break anything. And he hit it so hard. I was standing right by the door. So it was intimidating me again. I lost my fucking shit, dude. And for the first time in so long, I like physically like took the door and I ripped it off the hinges. And I like attempted, it was a heavy ass door. I attempted to like throw it at him. And he looked at me like, holy shit. But also looked at me like, hmm, there it is. You know, like, I forget what that's called, but like when the narcissist just fucking fuels up their victim so much that they get them to react, they love it. Because then they can turn it around and be like, look at you. Look at you getting mad. You're crazy. You're losing it, huh? Because in that moment, everything that they say to other people about you is kind of true, right? When in reality, you're just like reacting to their mind games and like all of it. So I'm pretty sure that I ripped the fucking door off the the hinges and I told them to get the fuck out. And I don't think that he did. Maybe he left for like a minute, but he, he definitely came back. And I think he apologized, which is kind of like the cycle. Um, I'm sorry. I don't know why I let my anger get to me and like blah, blah, blah. I just, I need to breathe instead of react. Okay. Did you read that online? Are you reciting something like, okay, whatever. So remember on the goal thing, one of the goals was that like by the 31st of March, we were supposed to get his fertility examined. I had been asking him over and over again, like to just go to a general practitioner, get a physical done and get like a semen analysis because I just wanted to know like where we were at because as the year was, we're getting close to the middle of the year, right? Like I know because of science and because of healthcare and my family that like if someone is infertile, it could take up to like two years to get that back and I wanted to just be prepared and know like what we were looking at side note I know that I should not have been thinking about having children with this person um but this Amanda's broken Amanda this Amanda I don't think no I no I'll take that back I did think I thought that maybe like a band-aid baby would have been a good thing and I, and I think that I thought that because he was always so gung-ho and, and how, about how much he missed his daughter. And I was like, well, if he had a child in his life every day, you know, like, wouldn't that make him daily, like, want to be a better person? Huh. 
That's not how that works, people. Puppies don't fix things. Babies certainly don't fix things. So don't do that. Don't even think that. And if you have done that, I'm so sorry because I'm sure it didn't work for you. Um, so I take it upon myself to like look online and see that there's this place like Legacy or something that you can order like a kit and it comes to the house and you have to like, he has to like not like come, I guess, for like three to five days, which I was like, how is that going to be possible when that's like your job every day? But he's like, I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay. So that gave him like three days off. And so we collected the sample, quote unquote, and he sent it in. And the turnaround time was relatively quick. Like I, I feel like it came back within maybe like less than a week for sure. And in the time between sending the sample out and receiving the results back, he was being nice. Like he took me out on a date, took me out to dinner. I think he like gave me like $500 one day and was like, we're going to go play blackjack at Ellis Island, which again, like gambling, not cool, but quality time away from phones and potential win money. He was teaching me things. It was a, it was a bonding moment. So, um, I think that he took me to like that flea market and bought me a fake purse. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Oh yeah. We went to Italy for the first time and it was the reason that we went was because he had won a decent amount of money, which that's probably why he was being so nice. And we had to go pick up money from the sports book. And so we went to Italy and we're just like sitting at the bar and you know, the food's good. Like, I guess it's comparable to maybe what you would get as far as like pizza goes in Italy uh just because it's it's supposed to be authentic with like authentic ingredients but um he was like in heaven and really loved it and you know we're sitting there and oh I want to go to Italy and I want to go here and I want to go there and there's a lot of dreaming and future faking going on to continue on with kind of the good mood that he was in I think that one of his date nights was that we were not gonna go out we were actually gonna watch a movie or something and he let me pick the movie which I often did um and I picked a movie that is called Redeeming Love and this movie has like a weird amount of symbolism in it so the movie and I'm actually just gonna read from the Wikipedia here the plot goes during the California gold rush, a beautiful young woman called Angel works as a prostitute in the fictional town of Paradise. Despite being the object of desire for the local men, she survives through hatred and self-loathing. Meanwhile, a visiting farmer named Michael prays for God to send him a wife. Later that day, he sees Angel walking through the town and falls in love with her at first sight. So... Michael Caesar. She's working in like a brothel whorehouse 
and he decides that he is going to pretend like he wants to hire her for sex. He's going to go up there like Rapunzel in the tower and whisk her away and marry her. Um, she is like super against it because like being a prostitute is all she knows. He takes her like back to his land and you know his farm and his house and all this stuff and he like nurses her back to health because she's like beat up by you know whoever and a bunch of times she runs away and goes and runs back to the whorehouse because she's like I don't deserve this love from Michael and he continues to pray to God over and over again like please like tell me should I be doing this you sent her to me and I know this and um he keeps going back and getting her and bringing her back and eventually um she discloses to him that she is sterile because of something that happened uh I don't know in her childhood or whatever she can't have children and it's all that he wants and so he says that's okay I love you God sent you to me and finally she decides you know I love you too but I'm going to leave because if I stay you'll never I love you so much that I'm going to leave so that you can have the life that you want at the end of the movie while the credits are rolling a song plays and it is a Lauren Daigle song that's called Rescue and I don't know if you caught the plot there, but it was eerily similar to my life. Prostitute. Trying to save prostitute. Prostitute runs away, doesn't feel worthy of love. Then there's the whole like bout of like potential infertility and I'm like, oh wow, like this is crazy. So the song is playing and like I'm crying and I don't think that he's like seeing the symbolism um he probably wasn't paying attention he probably was on his phone but I heard the song that the words say I will send out an army to find you in the middle of the darkness I will rescue you and I took those lyrics as in coming from like the Michael guy the character like going to rescue Angel the prostitute or so in my life me Amanda rescuing Dick right like these were lyrics that <laughs> it's making me emotional um these were lyrics that were about somebody who wanted to save another person that's what I thought well the next day I think that that was probably on a Saturday as it was yeah um the next day we decided to go to church and we actually went to um Bishop Gorman which was right down the street from our house it's a Catholic church and he initially said yes because he was like oh Bishop Gorman like that's a rich church like but he had never really gone to a lot of Catholic masses and, you know, it was coming to be Easter and I thought that it would be just something different because we didn't do Mormon church 
in Las Vegas. And um, so we went there and we walk in and it's beautiful. And um, they have a choir and a lady steps on the stage and the band starts playing. And what song comes on in church the first time we go to this church? She, the lady literally started singing Rescue by Lauren Daigle. And Dick is holding my hand and we're standing in the pew and like, He's squeezing my hand and I look over to him and he's like crying and I and I'm like it's just like a moment that you know and looking back in that moment I was like wow this is like a sign like this is like God talking to me like everything's going to be okay like you're doing the right thing you're making the right choices like he sees he being God but then also like he being Dick sees how much you care about him and um that was a that was a really profound Sunday service. Um, sorry guys, that's a that's a really emotional fucking story for me. I wrote about it in one of my narrative things on my Instagram. You can go read that if you want. Um, but so that was Sunday, probably Tuesday or Wednesday of the following week, we got the results back from the fertility test. And the results came back and let's just say they weren't good. Um, so that was, you know, truthfully, I didn't feel devastated um, because I assumed this I think at this point my notion to all things that were unknown was like assume the worst so that you're not extremely disappointed and that's definitely like the mindset I adopted for this particular instance him on the other hand I think that he took it deeply didn't outwardly show that he took it deeply but I think that he took it deeply and um I can't, I couldn't tell like if he knew that those results were going to come back that way or if he was just, I don't know, he was kind of just a, a like a stoic face. Like, eh, you know, I'm like, okay, well, maybe you could stop doing steroids and we can just kind of see like how we can supplement this. And he agrees that he will. So... It's going to be Easter now, and me being the traditional woman that I am, who's been essentially, like, cut off from family because I live in the middle of nowhere, don't have friends around, like, I, I'm like, let's try to do some, like, traditional stuff, like, so I go and I get Easter eggs, and I, he was working, I boil them all and put out on the table, like, Easter egg coloring kit and I thought that it would be fun and he came out and he's like what's this and I'm like let's dye Easter eggs and he's like no I'm good and he just starts being like very like cruel around this time um I would get sad if I would do something nice and his reaction was what it normally was which was shitty and then he would be like you're miserable you don't appreciate anything he like won't let me come to the gym anymore and 
yeah, it was, it was just like, again, a bad time. And, and I feel like there's always a trigger that like sets this off. And I think that maybe the fertility test was the trigger now in hindsight, looking back because I, I don't remember anything like substantial with money that he had mentioned during this time. Um, we had planned to go to Bishop Gorman for their Easter service. And I know that we had gone out and got him like purple or pink like a uh, suit coat and I got like an Easter dress with flowers and I was going to wear my hat from that vintage shop um so it's Easter Sunday which is the following week um and we get all dressed up and I think we were like it was probably like 15 minutes until church was going to start and so I let the dogs out. He was maybe tying his tie or something. And um, I put my shoes on and I put like my Easter hat on. And I'm really excited to go because this is the first time like I've been able to like get dressed up and it's my favorite holiday, you know, like we're going to have a good day. Church days are good days for the Oslers. And then all of a sudden I hear someone knocking at the door. And I'm like, um, I'll, I'll get it, you know. So I go to the door and before I can get down the hallway that leads to our front door, there's something that's like slipped under my door, like an envelope. And I pick it up and I open it. And it's an eviction notice with a statement summary that says we're getting evicted in 24 hours because we're four months behind on rent. Ladies and gentlemen, what a journey it has been. And as we wrap up today's episode, I can't help but marvel at the cliffhanger we've just experienced together. The twists and turns, the revelations, it's like a script straight out of a movie. As we navigate through the upcoming episodes, I want you all to buckle up because what lies ahead is nothing short of cinematic magic. The story unfolds in ways that will keep you on the edge of your seat, and I can't wait for you to be a part of it. Now, taking a moment to reflect on the profound symbolism in this episode, we delved into the epic love story of Dante and Beatrice, a tale that transcends time, y'all. St. Lucy's role as a guiding light inspiring Dante to conquer the nine circles of hell? Now that resonates deeply. And that Lauren Daigle song? It wasn't just about rescuing someone. It was a reminder that in the midst of darkness, God is there, always ready to find you. As I look back at the transformation in my own thought process, I find myself pondering the whys. Why 
did I assume the role of the rescuer in my marriage? Why did I burden myself with being the illumination in someone else's darkness? Why this incessant need to save others? But here's the revelation, a turning point in my spirit. The weight lifted as I realized that I no longer need to carry the burden of rescuing someone from darkness. I don't have to be the savior, freeing someone from their inherent self. So as we conclude this episode, I invite you to join me in embracing the freedom that comes with letting go of the rescuer role. The journey ahead promises self-discovery, growth, and a newfound understanding of the power within ourselves. I hope you enjoyed episode 14, Divina Comedia. A huge thank you for your rates, reviews. They have helped this podcast grow in ways you could not imagine. Organically, you guys. Be sure to tune in next week to find out what happens when I confront Dick with a surprise eviction notice I receive on Easter Sunday. Until next time, I'm your host, Amanda Arnier, and this is The Dichotomy Diaries.